on, man. I, I really appreciate you joining. Um, you're also good friends with Jedi Collins, who is our mm-hmm. partner uh, through Money Vehicle and, and provides financial mm-hmm. literacy uh, to, to some of our mogul athletes through the platform. But you're doing your own thing. You're in your own lane. Again, I think you have a, obviously a unique perspective. Um, so I'll just roll into a quick intro, man, and, and apologies if I if I misstep anything. Uh, it's pretty extensive. Um, you have a pretty extensive resume, man, and, and I'm sure I'm going to skip over a couple of things. But former New Orleans uh, Saints 10-year receiver, uh, vet, vet guy, originally from uh, Harrisburg, PA, uh, graduated Hofstra in 2005, earned his bachelor's in interdisciplinary studies, uh, went on to be drafted in 2006, seventh round, had to wait a couple of days, 252nd <laughs> overall. Um, I'm sure that was a, I'm sure that was an experience. And then obviously went on to win a Super Bowl, um, inducted into the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. Uh, now an entrepreneur, founder, uh, venture capitalist, which we'll, we'll, we'll you know hopefully dive into. Um, but I believe a father and a husband um, as well, right? For sure. Yeah, uh, new, new new found father. We just have uh, my wife and I had our, our third um, over the holiday break. Um, awesome. So we got eleven, eight, and three months. <laughs> wow! Congrats! Big, yeah, big, big space in between, huh? <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's a little different this go round, but um, enjoying the process for sure. Awesome, man! Awesome. Um, well, yeah, just to kick it off, man, the first kind of question I wanted to touch on, uh, I think I, I covered a lot of what you've done, a lot of what you're doing. And I think the conversation around a holistic athlete um, is important to continue to have and continue to push that that narrative, especially again, for, for black men, black uh, women uh, within sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but when did that kind of, when did that kind of strike you, right? Like, was this always something that um, you had thought about? Like, what am I gonna do after sports? Is there plan B or was it always kind of plan A were you full on the grind of, of trying to make it uh, to play professionally? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's an interesting question because it's, it's kind of all over the place for me. Um, you know, obviously coming in as a seventh round pick, you, you kind of understand what the odds are. Um, you've seen what the odds are before you. Um, and there's this, there's this delicate balance between being realistic, but also being really confident in your, in your abilities. Um, so, for me at, at that stage of my life and my career coming in, you know, as, as pick 252, I was just hell bent on making my plan a work. Right. Um, and I would, I would jokingly tell my mom that my plan B is that plan a has to work. Right. <laughs> right? So, you know, you just laser focused, um, on getting to this stage, getting to this, this position. And, um, once you get there, you kind of start to see how, how finite it is, how, how short the window can be. Um, it's kind of traumatizing, you know, as, as a, as a rookie, when you see guys at the end of training camp, you see a bunch of guys get cut and that's Mm -hmm. when it really hits you. Like, damn, this is, this is the door is always, you know, one situation away. And that, that's the point when I really started to think about, damn, um, you know, what could be next for me, and I was just, I was really fortunate early on in that I had two advisors um, that both played professional football uh, with both my, uh, with my financial advisory team. 
they saw something in me and they would always challenge me to, to kind of start to look into things off of the field. And once I got an opportunity to start looking at business outside of the world of sports, it, it kind of validated something for me that was really at my core the entire time, which is, you know, football is the thing that I do. It's the thing that, that I work. It's a craft that I work to master, but it's not who I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, starting to see business opportunities and starting to interact and network with entrepreneurs and, and folks outside of outside of the world of sports, seeing those connections and seeing those similarities around performance was was huge for me. Um, because I then started to see that this thing that I'm doing, this craft that I have on the field, there's a lot of what I do to prepare for that, that I can, you know, transition and I can take with me and really anywhere I go in life. Right. And that was kind of where the transition, the, the mindset around transition started for me. Okay. That's awesome, man. And then so for, you know, it seems like what you've committed yourself to and dedicated yourself to over the past few years, and I'm not sure how early this stems, but right now you're, you have uh, multiple companies, you're uh, on boards of companies, you're ambassadors to certain companies. Um, so I'd love for you to kind of expand on, uh, you know, especially the, the separation playbook, son of Saint, and then in, mm -hmm. uh, internship CILI, right. And kind yeah. of why you've taken on these endeavors um, and what they each, you know, mean to you specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think just from, from a very broad lens, like, I guess you can call it part of my brand, uh, whatever you want to call it. Part, part of what really moves me is being able to enter a situation and leave it better than I found it. And, you know, that was my approach playing sports. That was my approach as a teammate. That was my approach as, as a leader on the team. And really that's kind of been at the core of, of every one of the business opportunities that I've taken advantage of. And, um, you know, I, I was somebody that, I'm first generation college student in my family. Um, you know, if, if my family's going to build generational wealth, I've kind of put it on my shoulders that it has to start with me. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I feel like a lot of the, a lot of my colleagues, a lot of the people that we played with, that we came up with, uh, that we're now doing business with and, and looking to serve are, are in those similar, in those similar situations. Right. And for me, it's, it's been, the um the role might look different um the title might be different the industry might be different but the driver is always the same for me is is working with people really really putting it putting it succinctly is working with the younger versions of me yeah you know and and every business venture that i'm in at this point every board that i serve on every you know engagement that i take speaking wise or, or as, as as a coach it's kind of with that in mind it's it's trying to help the younger version of me and, and provide resources and, and insights that I wish I would have had at the time and, and hopefully speed up other people's processes along the way. That's a great answer. Um, and that's important. I think that's a good segue into the conversation around name, image, and likeness. Uh, Marcus, we both missed out on the opportunity. Uh, we both had different college experiences. Um, and it's funny, right? Like it's a conversation for another time, but like, stars and college eliteness level doesn't, you know, it doesn't equate to the extensive career you could have in the NFL. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I did never played on a Sunday and you went on and played for 10 to 12 years. 
won a Super Bowl, you went to Hofstra, I went to Notre Dame, right? Like, that's just a side topic. But as far as name, image, and likeness goes, right, I heard you touch on this point before, and then you touched on it a little bit of, a little bit here. As an athlete, um, the way you're going to be perceived when you go on and, you, you know, you enter into corporate America and then you take on a position, whether it's a founding position, a board uh, position, but there's going to be a specific kind of box that you're put in. Right. And I think a lot of what you, you've talked about just now is your insights and your um, advice to younger folks. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you what would you tell them when they go and work for some of these brands and companies and they're being ambassadors and they're doing the influencer marketing or even if they have an equity relationship where they become a little bit more, you know, uh, part of the company and the brand, how should they go about um branding themselves within these companies so it's not just i'm an athlete i have this network of other athletes yeah right like how, how, how do you how do you how do you avoid that box right what, what's your advice there it's it's an interesting one because you're going to fight perceptions really at every stage um you know and sometimes it doesn't matter what's on your resume like the perception that they have of you coming in the door you know, sometimes you can change it, sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I would say that, especially in this stage with NIL, you're getting athletes, you're getting student athletes that are younger, um, that haven't quite figured out who they are quite really yet. Um, and it's easy to see the opportunities and see the financial side of the opportunities and really jump at it without really understanding the long-term ramifications of the deals that you might be getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I would say first and foremost, even if you're working with brands as an ambassador or as an influencer, um, you gotta one, try to find brands that really align with who you are at your core, align with the things that are important to you. And at a bare minimum, don't align with the brands that conflict the things that you believe in. Um, but I'd also say, and it's, and it's really hard at this stage, but you got to try to start to think with the end in mind, you got to, you got to start to try and think about what are like, what are the long-term goals and aspirations that you have career wise Mm -hmm. and who do you have to become to step into those roles? And, You know, as you're as you're evaluating the deals, like there's going to be some deals that kind of help push you forward towards who that person you need to become. And there's going to be other roles that really restrict you and hold you back from becoming that person and kind of keep you in this one and keep you in this box and keep you in this spot. Mm-hmm. So if, if you can start to weave some of that thought process into your decision making, you're going to set yourself up in situations that, you know, may have a longer lifespan on them. Um, but bare minimum, you're going to keep yourself from uh, really stepping into situations that are that are going to set you back in a world that you're always going to be fighting an uphill battle to begin with. Yeah. But I think, you know, this was not something that we spoke about, you know, prior to this conversation, but I think I've, I've done this as well. And you've done it being event, like doing your venture capital thing. Uh, building experiences mm-hmm. outside of comfortability zones, right? Like mm-hmm. you went out and you consciously made yourself uncomfortable to go and learn a new skill 
so that you so that you wouldn't be succumbed to that box, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're on this. I think I think we're aligned in that. And so yeah. I think now when you have conversations with folks and you, you you go and have prospective ambassador programs that you're a part of or you sit on boards, but like your res- that is on your resume, Marcus. But you but it's it's not something that's you know you were an ambassador to a sports team or or. You know what I mean? You went out and got like yeah. hardcore experience, like black and white experience yeah. that you can bring to the table. So like what are what should athletes do? What should college at? What do you recommend college athletes? Like whether it's on campus or um, externally or taking on different NIL things that might make you less comfortable. Right. Do you have any ideas or suggestions there? Yeah. I, I mean, the thing the thing that that's one of the most beautiful things about sports is if you're doing it right and you're, you're ascending to the levels that you can potentially reach, you live outside of your comfort zone. You have to, that's, that's what training is. Right. Right. So we literally have been trained to um, operate outside of our comfort zone until it becomes comfortable and then find a new discomfort to attack. Right. That's just in our DNA. So when you take that approach and that process and you start to think about the other areas of your life, particularly like your professional life, that's that's kind of it, it wasn't new and fresh to me. It was just like, this is what I do as an athlete. So I'm going to try to do this over here and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So I think the more that you can really test the limits of where your comfort zone is, test the limits of, you know, where is my knowledge base? Like what what really do I know? What can I do um, until you figure out where that limit is? You don't know how much further you need to push. Right. So I do think that NIL is a really unique opportunity. It's it's almost like it's almost like paid internships. Right. Right. You can almost go out and create your own internships now. Um, th- some of the relationships are going to be short term. You're going to get in. You'll probably learn something about an industry. You might learn something about a new company. Um, and, you know, I think for, for a lot of us athletes, we kind of miss out on that part in, in our in our college journey because we're so laser focused on sports. I think NIL gives you back an opportunity to really, you know, look under the hood of some of these some of these businesses and some of these these organizations and, you know, get some of that real world on the ground internship experience that some of our non sports colleagues are getting as just part of the college experience. Right. And and I guess, you know, kind of jumping all over the place here, but internship C.I.L.I. C.I.L.I. Right. and then comparing that to how college athletes could be leveraging NIL, right? I think the internship, the holistic athlete, the, you know, I like to say you're using and leveraging other muscles of like communication, of teamwork, of um, like just being like attendance, right? Like dead meeting deadlines. These are all things uh, that these athletes should be, you know, seeing NIL as, right is that kind of similar to yeah. how you, what you guys are set up at internship CILI or what's kind of your initiative over there yeah so so our our main our main focus is really um, we work with black and brown uh, college students most of which are going to be first generation college students um, and we do leadership and development training um, through our through our fellowship program and we also have have gone out and um, created a bunch of relationships with corporations in and around the greater New Orleans area. 
And we, in essence, connect these college students with paid internship opportunities. Got it. Um, so we kind of we kind of get them ready on the leadership training and development side, feed them into these corporations, and it becomes for the corporation it's it's a it's a value add because they know they're getting, um, they're they're getting talented talented young professionals that you know have the skill sets, and obviously for for the for the students it's an opportunity to get some real world experience, get some money in your pocket, right. and start to build your resume. Um, so I think there are, there are some, some definite synergies and similarities to, to what's going on with NIL. Um, you know, I think, I think what was really, really interesting about NIL is it, it kind of puts you in this, in this entrepreneurial lane that really hasn't existed before today. Right. Um, so we talk about corporate internships, we talk about, you know, corporate roles and, and, um, like the career path. But what if your career path might involve entrepreneurship? Right. Like I think NIL is really, really, really interesting landscape to start to figure out who you can become and who you want to become as an entrepreneur. Do you think people who compete at schools like Hofstra, Marcus, you know, just giving that example because you competed there, lower division one, division two, division three, do you think there's any unforeseen advantages within NIL competing there or like, what do you think the ultimate approach should be or even put yourself back in your shoes? What would your approach been competing at a, at a school like Hofstra? Just mm-hmm. inevitably you don't have that much um, certainty. There's, you know, as far as going on to playing at the next level. Right. So yeah. NIL potentially should be more of a, a compelling opportunity or what do you think? Mm-hmm. I think I think really the, the the environment that we're describing is one that's right for innovation, right? When you when you come from a place that doesn't have the same resources as as maybe other institutions, you got to get creative and innovative with how, how do you create opportunities for yourself? And that kind of would have been my approach. Like I, I know you got to know who you are and where you're at. Like mm-hmm. I know I'm at Hofstra. I'm not at Alabama. I'm not at LSU, mm-hmm. right? So the the money that I'm going to have to find, the pockets of money and the pockets of opportunities that I'm going to have to find, I'm kind of going to have to build, right? So, um, you know, just my approach probably would have been to try to tap into the things that are important to me, the things that I was really interested in and, you know, seeing what I could, what I could turn, what interest I could turn into an opportunity mm-hmm. um, with the understanding that it's probably not going to have the same price tag attached to it. Yeah. So I've got to find my value and, you know, I've got to find the value in other ways. Especially not to, not to date you or anything, but especially back in (laughs) 2001 to 2005 when social media wasn't what it is today. Right. So. No, man, that was (laughs) different beast back then. A little safer back then too, though. (laughs) (laughs) It might've just been MySpace, leveraging MySpace if that was even around. Um, (laughs) And so now you've kind of, I guess if if you can explain to the people what you've done within financial literacy and education, um, you know, that would help us kind of make our our circle into the next part of the conversation of what should athletes be focusing on as they start to bring in new, you know, new sources of income. Um, A majority, especially within our platform, uh, we have about 10,000 athletes. 
and a lot of them are from those lower level tiered schools, but they're making, you know, they have this new social media platform, obviously. So they're, you know, they're still making money, but it's not as much as the Bryce Youngs and the Libby Dunn's of the world. Uh, yeah. But even <laughs> even 500 to uh, a couple thousand dollars, right? It's a difference maker for a lot of these athletes. So maybe if you can touch on two to three points, if you if your dogs uh if you have <laughs> some time, uh, yeah, we'd just love to hear a couple of your ideas for for some of these athletes. Yeah, so just to give you a little little insight into my background, um, so I'm actually a licensed financial advisor. I don't I don't really talk about it a whole lot. Um, I'm actually not at a at a firm right now. I'm kind of in between firms. Um, so my 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 focus has always been around athletes are in a very very um, specific and very um, it's just a very nuanced situation when it comes to finance. We the money that we make, we make very early. Um, and all of our planning kind of has to look differently for it to become sustainable for us. Right. So um, with that kind of as the backdrop of how I think about athletes and wealth and wealth management, um, you know, I think NIL really presents an opportunity to build good habits. That's a great point. Right. Um, for those that are not making the six figures, for those that are not building, you know, huge tax liabilities, I think this is an opportunity to really start to to value money in a different way and really value your time as a function that creates money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think um, especially in this generation that that's so tech savvy, that's, you know, a lot of these kids might not even have traditional bank accounts. They might be on Cash App or Venmo. I think I think that there's there's a really good opportunity to start to build the the personal finance habits, but also start to understand the finance that comes with running a business. Because ultimately, when you put yourself in the, in the center of this nil conversation, you become a CEO, whether you want to or not. Right. And as the CEO of this brand, now you have to start thinking about how do I create sustainability within the brand. Right. Right. Because I don't want to build this platform that is only valuable for as long as I'm playing this sport. Right. So how do I start to think about sustainability? Um, How do I start to think about what is my capacity to actually run this brand? Right. Do I have the the wherewithal to create the deals and and go out and form the strategic partnerships and figure out the finances and the taxes? And or do I need to start to think about who, who do I need to build within my team to make sure that I have the capacity to run this brand. So to me, it's, it's a really interesting testing ground to start to think about your brand, your future in a way that's tangible. We're not talking about, you know, putting money away in a Roth IRA that you might touch at 65. We're talking about like lessons that happen right now mm-hmm. that you can get it right the first time or you can make a mistake. You can get the feedback and you can learn from it real time. But either way, the, the mindset and the mentality, I think, is, is one that they're young enough where you, you're going to either learn, you're either going to win or you're going to learn. Right. Yep. That's a good point. I never thought about um, kind of the majority of our money and the majority of, of what we're earning, especially if you go pro- professionally. 
um, is going to be within the first five to 10 years of like your, your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to yep. live your life. Um, cool. I, I don't know if there's anything else. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on, man? Um, you think? Nah, tell, tell, I'd love to just learn more about the platform, learn more about how you got here and, and yeah. Um, yeah, learn a little bit more about your journey. I've been yeah. on the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in the hot seat. No, I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, for me, it was it was about being an athlete. And for Mogul, it's about it's about the athlete, right? We, we've centered the athlete. I think athletes first, the agency had taken the, you know, obviously the, the legality of the name and the trademarking of the name, but that's what we try to do, man. And I think mm-hmm. that's what NIL is about. They're the primary stakeholder. And so from a product development standpoint, from a uh, brand standpoint, who we even allow on the platform to engage with our athletes, are all brands and, and it's it's just an ecosystem. What we've tried to build at mobile is, is a full eco, ecosystem uh, for our athletes, man. And that's why we tapped on Jed Collins, who was Marcus's teammate, I would imagine, down in New Orleans, uh, for that financial literacy piece. Um, literally day one, it was, hey, athletes are, are going to start making money through our platform. And so there needs to be an educational uh, piece around financial wellness that they can that they can rely on. Uh, now, you know, it it prompts the question of how eager are athletes to even educate themselves on all of the topics, not just financial literacy, right? But content creation, how do I build my brand? So I become more valuable. Um, you know, what is the compliance? What are the rules? Right. So I'm not, I'm not deemed ineligible. Um, so that's what we've tried to do. We've tried to tap on resources. We try to uh, have conversations with folks like yourself who've been through it um, at different levels, have seen, have different perspectives. I think that's mm-hmm. super important. You know what I mean? I don't think you can ever have enough of these conversations. Um, and so for me, my perspective is unique because, you know, I played at a high level um, and yeah. I didn't make it to the NFL, right? Like my primary marketability was my one and a half years of playing and starting, right? Like, that story for me is 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 why I think NIL is so important because again at your at your time and it's unfortunate people tell you all the time you're most marketable when you have a pigskin in your hand or you have a ball or yeah. when you have anything that you know your medium in your hand and so taking advantage of that window is what we're trying to accomplish um, for all of our athletes you know at, at the at mobile um, and we're doing it at scale so. No, man, that, that first and foremost, like I, I've been following you guys for a while and I got to, I got to tell you, it was refreshing to see within the, the ridiculous amount of, of NIL marketplaces that have come online. It was refreshing to see you launching this because of everything that you just said, right? It, it's, you represent what this is and what it can be like literally the entire story mm-hmm. um you know seeing an athlete that has those insights because everyone else that, that that never really played the game they have information but we have insights and it's a different level of understanding right right so yeah. being able to build a platform to service athletes um with those insights 
with the experience that you have, I think it's one of the, it's, it's probably the, the most unique NIL um, platform that I've seen. Um, so when you guys reached out, I, I jumped at the chance just because it feels like one of those for us, by us yep. types, types of situations. And, you know, when there weren't a lot of people beating the drum for NIL, um, I know you, you guys were probably building this on the, in the background. And, you know, just to kind of see your growth and see what you've been able to do, you know, really early on. Um, one, congratulations, um, just as a colleague and a peer. But two, um, you know, any any opportunity to plug in and, and be helpful, be supportive, man, you got me. Because you're doing the right thing for the right reasons. Thank you, man. Comes, It means a lot coming from a Super Bowl champ and somebody who's been <laughs> successful in in all the journeys i think it, i think it's another point you can get to a whole nother conversation but just people who have an it factor right i think you have an it factor you won in every part of your life right um and that's a testament to the people that you keep around you which you just mentioned is, is building the right team to make sure that you can handle each aspect of your life because you can't be compatible and you can't be great everywhere and so you need help and, and so you've done that and I, I appreciate it it's good to look up to to people like yourself and uh, again, guys, like I mentioned earlier, right? Will Allen's, Ryan Mundy's, Brent B. Marshall's, yeah. um, you know, the, the Bobby Wagner's of the world. So let the people know, Marcus, where they can kind of keep up with you as you go along on your journey. I guess, you know, tapping in on what's most important for you right now, besides your newborn. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's at the top of the list. Um, but no, I've, um, all of the things that, I, that I've kind of done in my career, I've, I've recently just kind of rolled them into and, and settled into calling myself an executive coach. Um, so I've been working with um, some, you know, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 executives. I work with entrepreneurs. I work with athletes. And it's really around literally all the things that we've kind of talked about from, you know, personal development to professional development, a little bit of finance, performance. It's kind of taking all of those different experiences and bringing them into, you know, one offering that I can help those individuals kind of move their performance and move them closer to whatever North Star dreams and aspirations they have. Um, so that's that's really um, the stage that I'm at. Right. Th th that's the season uh, that I'm in professionally right now. And I'm really I've really been enjoying the opportunity to kind of just pull from all these different various experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of what, what I'm up to these days. Um, I have been, I've been slow if, if being, putting it, putting it nicely, I've been slow on social media. I haven't been there a bunch, uh, the last five or six months with the newborn. Um, but you can find me on, uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, and then my, my, uh, my website, I have a newsletter, uh, is that just Marcus, uh, Marcus Colson XYZ. Awesome. Awesome. So. I appreciate it, man. And, and again, thanks for joining. I think your insight will go a long way with our athletes. Um, it's going to live on the website. It's going to live on Spotify. Um, and then we're going to obviously cut up, you know, the content to making it short form for social media. Nice. So hopefully we can, we can engage you more on, on the social platforms, but I'm the same way. So I <laughs> uh, appreciate you joining again, man, and, and wish you the best with the family. No, I appreciate you having me, man. And and I mean what I said, man. Anyway, I can be supportive, man. Just reach out. You got my contact now.